You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Um, healthy and alive, ready for the election stuff to be done and over with, and all the crazy... I mean, we knew this was coming, but it's tiresome because the cheating. That, that, that's that's the thing that I'm... I Whether Biden wins or Trump wins, that's not the issue. The issue is I want the electoral process to be fair and, and no shenanigans. And that's all we're seeing right now in some of like Philly and um, Michigan, Michigan, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, yeah. Georgia. Now they're trying to do it again. Arizona, Arizona. So uh, I'm just that stuff is they're they're attempting a coup, which we knew they were. They've been doing this since since he first came down the escalator. Right. They've been trying to out him uh, from the very beginning. Yep. Um, but this is. um this is what we've been talking about and and saying this is coming. This is they're trying to gin up chaos and um, unrest and they're they're trying to trigger a, a civil war. They being the crazy elites, the the ones that are uh, directing, leading uh, the Biden campaign, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. that organization. Yeah. You know, if you look at all these uh, these headlines, then you would almost think you would almost think that the media was one sided. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, this is the same media that's been lying to us for how long now? Very heavily over the last four years, ever since he came down the escalator, as you said. Listen to some of these headlines. How Biden reclaimed Michigan for the Democrats, which Mm -hmm. if you knew what was going on in Detroit right now, uh, I mean, it's still going on in Detroit still. As of right now, they have the door to the TCF center chained shut. We just saw a picture of it. Yeah. Narrowing path well, leaves. Okay, go ahead. And we've seen video of uh, people inside voting facilities um, just throwing away ballots. Tossing ballots. Because they didn't like what was. Yeah. They look uh-huh. at it and shake their head and, and, and frustration, flip them off or whatever, and then throw the ballot away. And then, of course, there was California. After they called California, what did they have? They had people going around picking up the uh, the ballots at the uh, the drop offs, the drop off points. Wait a minute, you already called the state. You you already called the state. I thought every vote needed to be counted. Right. I, I thought that that was important. Narrowing path leaves some Trump aides facing reality. Now I'm I'm just mm. I'm just quoting mainstream news here. Candidate mm. who died of COVID nineteen apparently won his election. I like that one. Georgia voting official says there's 60,000 votes left to count. Trump legal challenges unlikely to swing election. Here's why the AP is calling Arizona for Biden. What? What? I thought Arizona was locked up. That was one. Of the, I thought that was one of the first states. Right. Yeah. The Fox News one called the, it yeah, like when Fox it was one percent oh, yeah. of the votes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, Trump legal challenges unlikely to swing election as that's CNN. Right. So, I mean, that one, credible source, credible source. That one is patently false. Just because the, the just the videos we're seeing, you have more than enough just to start an investigation, let alone uh, some of the stuff could be used as evidence against them and, and court. But the shenanigans we're seeing, the Wisconsin stuff, right? Overnight, 100,000 votes just pop, pop out of nowhere. An hour after they, they're done counting, uh, Michigan had the same thing. Was it? What state was we it actually, that had 130,000? 132,000 popped up. It, yeah, it was. And also last night, Michigan 
apparently had another 200 and something thousand. I heard that this morning. Had another 200 and mm. something thousand show up at like four o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and let's see. There was other states that had, um, let's see, Trump was ahead in Pennsylvania for the longest time. As of last night, Biden had to win 96% of the remaining votes. Uh, to be counted. Trump was ahead 350,000 at that time. And if Biden did not win the 96%, if he won 95%, right, and Trump won 5%, Trump would win. So Biden had to win 96% of the votes to win the remaining votes. And the remaining counties to be counted, guess guess which which way they lean. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Trump. Yeah, they're Republican red counties. So uh, saying Trump won uh, one of the counties, I forget, it's it's their Democrat stronghold. He won that county with a 60 to 40. How did he win a blue county with 60 40? And then you're going to tell me Biden's going to come in and win red counties at 96 percent? Uh-uh. That, that ain't happening. And those other votes we're talking about, the 132,000 and the other 100,000 that came in, those were 100 percent Biden, zero percent, none, not even one was for Trump. Not even one was for a third party candidate. Every single one of them were for Trump. Oh, and by the way, the Senate race happening in those states at the same time, the blue senator did not gain any votes. So if you're voting Biden, you would 100%. think- 100%. If you're voting straight yeah, ticket. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You would think it would be straight ticket, right? No. The, they didn't go up. The, the Dems did not go up any at all. And they lost. And they lost House seats. Yeah. So it just it it seems a little fishy when there's only one little box marked and it was only the Biden box that was marked there. And the states were also the states that allow um, ballots without signature and ballots without uh, postal stamp, postal mark. Kind of a bit of a problem, don't you think? And then, yeah. And then, of course, there was Wisconsin. You know, we're talking about how some of these things just show up. Now, I I had a couple of screenshots sent to me last night from these. I I believe it was the Associated Press that reported these. And. If you look at if you look at it on the surface, you just in a snapshot view, you really don't pick up on it until you actually take a good look at it. And once you take a look at it and you see what they've actually done, if you look at the the first picture, okay, it shows side by side comparison, as we've been seeing all night, Joe Biden Mm -hmm. versus Donald Trump. Okay, Joe Biden. This is Wisconsin. Okay, forty nine point six percent. Donald Trump, forty eight point nine percent. There's a difference of about 20,000 votes in there, roughly about 20,000 votes. Okay, so Joe Biden had 1.6 million or excuse me, 1.63 million and Trump had 1.61 million. You're looking at just a slight little you know, variation, 20,000 vote difference in there, roughly taking into account the other hundred or whatever it was. What's interesting about that is you say, OK, well, that's you know, what, what's wrong with that? Well, they say that they reported this. Now, mind you, this was a 95 percent reporting 70.5 percent of the population of the state of Wisconsin voted. The number of registered voters that think about what I'm about to say, the number of registered voters in the state of Wisconsin is this 3,129,000. That's the number of registered voters in the state of Wisconsin. The numbers don't add up. So what all of a sudden, all of a sudden combined, they get more votes than are in the whole state. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And if you look at the graph, the, the analytics of what was going on in Wisconsin, it was Trump and Biden, it was almost I mean, it was it was dead heat for a while. If you look at the if you look at the graph, if you look at the metrics, the the analytical data that was up there. And then all of a sudden, when Trump started to overtake and get way out ahead of Biden, they stopped. That's that's when they froze the count. 
they shut it down. And that's, of course, when Trump had, uh, what did he have? Uh, 214 electoral votes, which, by the way, he hasn't moved. He hasn't moved. Uh, he's, he's still at 214 electoral votes. So they stopped it. All of a sudden, 100,000 ballots come in out of nowhere. You see that graph shoot straight up. It goes 100% vertical for Biden, back up ahead of Trump. And then, of course, it goes on and on and on. That's not possible in analytics. That's not possible. No. When they're counting votes, it's a linear it's a linear curve. It's just it slowly gains. But this was a straight up cliff. Like, I mean, it was straight up. There's no linear to it. It's just it's an absolute joke. These people, it doesn't really surprise me because, I mean, this just shows how low they will go. These people are a damn disgrace. They're a disgrace. And for all you people out there who might be listening from other countries who might think that this is funny, this is not funny. This is not funny. How would you like it if if someone came in and, and, and rigged this right out in front of you? It, it's as Bruce said, this is not about whether or not one guy or the other wins. I personally don't care, to be fair. I, I really don't. I would accept it either way if it was straight up. Go ahead. Um, those numbers don't look entirely accurate from that screenshot. What do you mean? Wisconsin has 62 percent of their population is registered to vote. Their population uh-huh. is five million eight hundred and fifty-one thousand, okay. which puts it at three million six hundred and eighty-four thousand. Um, that's five hundred thousand more than what that's uh, the picture shows. Okay, so um, what are you saying? So people didn't vote? No, what I'm saying is, is the the numbers work. Like they haven't, they don't have a hundred, they don't have an over hundred percent. Uh, oh, okay. is what I'm all getting right. at. So it, it's oh, all right. Well, I was looking at the the number that were there, and they're saying seventy percent of the state. That doesn't add up. Yeah, they're saying uh, unless it was well, a yeah, mis- that, that well, even if it was 70 percent of the state, that still doesn't add up because even even on the, the, the first picture, it says the population is um, five, eight, two, two. Uh-huh. Uh, even if it's that and 70 percent of it is to vote, that's uh, four million. OK, so they're lowballing the numbers then. So, yeah, the, the low ball. Yeah, they, they lowballed it a bit there on that. Um so yeah, they're but the, this the fact is, remains. This is is, I'm still looking at the analytics of it. I, I, okay, may, maybe mm-hmm. the maybe the numbers from the AP were off. Okay, fine. I, I'll take that for what it is. It's the AP for God's sake. But mm-hmm. the fact is, is that they stopped the count. Trump hasn't gained a single electoral vote since they shut it down, and so now they've put now they've put it at 214 Trump to 264 Biden. You need 270 they, to win. Uh, you're talking about freezing and not Trump not getting any more. Georgia, as of last night, Trump was ahead 100,000 votes. There was only 60,000 left to count. Yes. And they froze it. Huh. You know, and now it they doesn't say, take. Now they say they, they have another 50,000 to count. Uh huh. Like 50,000. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. More Georgia voting. Up? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm wrong. Georgia vote. I, I went over that headline. Georgia. This is according to CBS News. Georgia voting official says there are 60,000 votes left to count. Hmm. Okay, so did they find sixty thousand more votes in a trailer somewhere, or is it uh, they they're just not counting those votes because that was last night? Did they are they not? Well, as of last night, uh, yesterday they had that, but as of yeah. last night, it was still the same. They paused; they didn't count anymore. Mm-hmm. North Carolina has been one hundred percent counted for two days, and they haven't called it yet. So going back to there and looking at the number of votes that. Uh, for both Biden and Trump, adding the two up, you know, adding them together, there is a, uh, we'll say about 400,000 roughly that didn't vote. So in other words, they had like a 90% turnout. All right. I could accept that. 
if they had a 90% mm. turnout. That's a little high, but I, uh, because you, typically we see anywhere between 50 to 60% of the uh, the electorate total that comes out to vote, typically. So that that is a little high. As I said, I, I would accept this if it was Trump or Biden. I don't care. I don't care. I, I just want free and fair elections. I think any of us that live in so-called democratic societies should strive for such things. That's all. But the open nakedness of it all. They're out there doing it in front of everybody. Do you know what the news media here where I'm at is reporting? They're saying that because Trump is challenging it, Trump supporters have showed up at polling places, at count centers with guns. So they've had to call the police in to protect the poll workers and the counters. That's what people are being told here. None of that's true. If that was going on, you'd see it all over every news camera in in the States. It's not happening. It's just not there. 2016, Wisconsin, they had... Anywhere from sixty-six to sixty-nine percent of the voter turnout. Okay, so and Trump under won three it last million. Time. He did. So yeah, I believe so. Here's the thing. All right, so two sixty-four to two fourteen. All right, so I this is my this is my take. Now I, I I could be wrong on this, but this is just what I'm thinking at the moment. What I'm thinking at the moment is is they're going to hold it. I think they're going to hold it right there. I don't think they're going to go any further with it. They need to set it. And I said, like I'm saying, I could be wrong on this. They might push him over, but they need to set it to where he's right there at the edge. And then, of course, the litigation starts and all the recounts and everything. They need something, I, I think, in order to trigger the mobs and the riots that are coming. They need something to do that. And I, and I think that if they if they hold it right here where it's at... And then they come back on it. And after the litigation or whatever, and if it shows, which it will, I mean, we, we know that it will, if it shows that Trump indeed locked up these states, which he did, he did. I mean, for, for God's sake, I, this this was done on election night. This was done. But again, we knew that they were going to come back at it like this. This is the new scam. This is the new thing. But they need something in order to trigger those rights. Have you seen the White House today? Looks like the uh, the Iron Curtain's been erected around it. The Berlin Wall. It's crazy. But this is what they're going to use. Th- this is what they're going to use. They're going to use this scenario now to try and trigger those rights. And now they can come back on it. The media complex, the corporations, the, the Democrat politicians and everybody else that's that's against this. They can now come back on it and say, oh, look, see, see, we told you, we told you. They're already quoting Bernie Sanders saying, oh, Bernie called this back in the middle of summer. Because they planned it. They've been saying this since summer. We played a clip yesterday of Hillary Clinton back in August talking about what they were going to do. They're saying the voter turnout rate for this one is expected to be 76 percent for Wisconsin. OK, so we're, we're a little over. Yeah, we're, we got we're about 14 percent too high on that at the moment. All right. The estimated turnout so, is three million three hundred thousand. Uh huh. That's about what it is. Okay. Uh, if you look at the numbers there, when you add them up, right, it's um, uh-huh. 32. Uh huh. OK, so. As of uh, a few hours ago, uh, the election staff decided they were going to take off in Pennsylvania with 35,000 ballots left to count. So, see, they, they, they don't they don't need to count those ballots. Well, they, they well yeah, because those. they're they're the red states or red counties. That's why those are the red election staff. Yeah. Election staff in Pittsburgh's Alleg- Pittsburgh's Allegheny County, one of Pennsylvania's most populous areas, reportedly are taking the day off. On Thursday, so today, despite the fate of the presidential election hanging in the balance with more than 35,000 ballots left to tabulate. Okay. Um, I, I, can we file any criminal charges against these kind of people? These people, uh, seriously, th- this is, here's the other thing that's, that's a little bit, um, a little bit off. Uh, 
Let me let me pair it with this year. Uh, let's see, 2016. They're saying that people are trying to uh, to contact these people back at this uh, this counting office outside of Pittsburgh, and no one's returning their calls. No one's answering. Uh huh. Uh huh. So they're the media is calling down there. Try, you know, independent reporters are calling down there trying to figure out what's going on, and no one's getting any answers. No one will talk to them. So they're saying this election. Uh, hang on. Let me let me pull up. Let me pull up. Uh, 2008. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so. They're saying this election, all right? Now, I know there's been a little bit of population growth, right? We, we've grown a little bit since 2008. Let's see. Voting age back then was 230 million. Voting age now is 257 million. So, you know, we've grown a little bit. The voter turnout there was, uh, this is 2008, 132 million. The expected for this one is about 160 million, the expected turnout. So we're going to have more turnout now, this time, than we did for the first African-American or black president. It wasn't really African, but anyway, yeah. I was going to say, I've, I've, heard, I've heard Obama best described as a liberal white woman from Hawaii. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was raised primarily by his mother, correct? So, I mean, that's yeah, just a liberal white woman from Hawaii. That's how I've heard him described. So, uh, and it fits. The, just his attitude, just, just yeah. strictly speaking, attitude. That's that's what it's that's what it's meant to reference. But anyway, so uh, now the lawsuits have started, and and they're throwing uh, they're yeah. throwing uh, uh, charges and everything else around, which we knew this was going to happen. And right on cue, what are they saying? Oh, look, look, he's the he, he's the evil dictator. He's challenging everything, and and he's not accepting it. He's not standing up like a man and taking it. Blah blah blah. You you disgrace graceful pieces of garbage stole it out there in front of the world it's not like you even tried to hide it it's not like you even tried to hide it it'd be one thing if you tried to hide it you didn't even try to hide it you're doing it out there in front of god in the world you godless pieces of trash i I heard it best explained as um they've whipped it out and are peeing on your face and saying it's raining yeah and you know something there's there's no level they won't go to they don't care anymore they don't care they no longer care about our elections. They no longer. It, and that, that goes for you people in Europe as well. They don't care what you have to say anymore. What do you think the mask is all about? That's shut up and do what you're told. That's what that is. They don't care about your elections. They don't care about your your democratic process. They don't care about your rights. Under this new system, you have none of those things. You do as you're told. We are made to obey because you're non-essential. Trump campaign. This is so. Oh, you can't. <laughs> now what? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm no, on a roll, Bruce. I'm, I'm on a roll. I, 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 go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead. on. Go ahead. Go okay. on. This is. I, I'm. I'm still. I'm going over the numbers, and this is still. This is really bugging me that the turnout. Uh, we were talking Wisconsin, so I looked at Wisconsin. The turnout for the first black president. Okay, first black president. Historic event. Sixty-nine point three percent for Wisconsin. It was, it was a historic event. It, it was a historic event. Yeah. So. 69.3% of the, the voter turnout for Wisconsin. 2018, this was uh, obviously midterms, only 61% showed up. This time, they're saying the expected voter turnout is 76.1%. They're saying there's going to be more voters now showing up to vote than the first historic black president. Uh, something doesn't compute here. You know, like I said, I, I'm all for if the guy actually did it legit here. But the, the guy's given... Like I heard it today, and I heard it described really well on another podcast. And I'm going to quote the uh, the host of that podcast. I won't say who it is, but they said, "How can you tell that you're going to a Joe Biden rally because it's an empty parking lot? There's nobody there at these things." I, I would find it a little bit more believable if this guy was like selling out sports stadiums and stuff. I mean, I, I could probably yeah. say, "All right, all right, maybe he legit won that." Okay, fine. 
And you know what? The American people would probably be along the same lines. It's not about whether or not your guy wins. We're past that. We want free and fair elections. If Joe Biden won legit, guess what? Well done to you. Let's get through this. Same thing with Obama. When Obama won, I knew what the guy was all about. I I knew what he stood for. I knew that I knew that what he was selling people was a line of bull because I know how Marxists operate. And that's what it was. It was a Marxist agenda. And I knew the people that were behind him. I knew the money that was behind him. So I didn't like it. But you know what? The guy won. And so we we sucked it up and we dealt with it. We thought after four years that people would see it at that point. And I think a lot of people did, but not enough. And you ask, well, how did you end up with Donald Trump? We ended up with Donald Trump because we had Obama. That's how bad it was. And I love all these people that come back and say, oh, well, Obama did a better job. No, Obama is the reason you have Trump. People hated the policies under Obama so much that they turned around and said, you know what? We're sick of this political talk. We're, we're sick of this dressed up speech, this statesman garbage, this this selling out of our jobs, this, this un- uncontrolled immigration, all of it, all of it. I have nothing against immigration, but let's do it responsibly and sensibly so it doesn't overwhelm our system. Xenophobe. <laughs> And clearly, that's not the case. I'm a product of immigration. I, I can't be against that. Yeah. And inherently, well, I can't be. But right. The, the, well, unless you're like the unless you're like the socialist left, and they just now they they have theirs. Now they want to close. It oh yeah, everyone out. Yeah, they want to close yeah. it. Off. No, 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 no. As you and I were talking off air before we started, it's not that we want to 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 be like that. When when we say that we want to share the wealth, we want to share the wealth. We're the true redistribution of wealth in society, and that doesn't mean you go out and you steal it from someone else. That means you give everybody an opportunity to earn it themselves. <laughs> that Create means you the get society. the government the hell out of the way. Exactly. And taxes out of the way. Exactly. And let them do their, you know, earn their own wealth. Exactly. It's not that you want to help everybody else. It's that you want to help everybody else help themselves. That's what it's all about. That's what America's been all about. And that is precisely why they've got to overthrow that system. Everything that's happening in the United States right now, what you're seeing, this is a Marxist revolution. I will say it again. This is a Marxist revolution. This is a communist overthrow of the United States of America right out there in front of everybody. Let that sink in real good. Those of us that have been saying this for years and uh, going on 10 years now, I've been telling people this and I've been called a crazy person, a kook, a conspiracy theory. I don't know what I'm talking about. And my favorite answer, my favorite answer that can't happen here. It can't happen here. I'm hearing a lot of that from from a lot of the Europeans, too, because of what you went through under uh, under Hitler and then what you went through under uh, uh, the, the Soviets in, in the East after that. Oh, it can't happen here. It's happening here. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. It's happening here. It is. It's back. I mean, I, I see I, I, going over the history of what what happened to the Jews and everything and how how the rhetoric was building up to the point to where they were being put into cattle cars and shipped off to uh, death camps and, and gas chambers. Sitting back and looking at it in hindsight, you're sitting here going, why didn't you guys see what was going on? Why didn't you notice and pay attention? Like they, they were, they told you they were coming for you. You've seen it coming. Why did you just sit there and take it? Here we are. We're right here. We're, we're, we're in the same place again. The left is sitting here saying, we're coming for you. We're going to put you in internment camps and re-education camps, which they're not calling it that. But anyway, I, no, I know we're reconciliation talk about now is the word they're going with. Reconciliation. reconciliation yeah. I, I'm still looking at the percentages here and this is, it just feels Georgia, right? Georgia has a pretty big black population, right? So you would think black population, black president, 
presidential candidate, you would think there would be a large portion show up because you know the the we're we're saying there's such a systemic racism right now, right? There's so much systemic racism. You would think that the African American population would vote in huge numbers, and Georgia's a, a has a pretty fairly large uh, black population there demographic. 55.6% of the electorate voted in 2008. They're expecting- You're talking almost, about Obama. Th- th- yeah, for Obama in 2008, right? Okay. There was only 55% of the population that, or, or the voting registered voters, 55% of them voted. They're expecting nearly 70% to vote for two white guys. In the middle of systemic racism and all that nonsense, you're going to have nearly 20% more, 15% more voter turnout for two white guys, old white guys. You know, they were expecting a 20% nationwide, right? They were expecting a 20% increase by the African-American vote for Donald Trump this time around. They were expecting that. And they knew, the the Democrats knew they were losing the African-American vote. They know that they didn't get that. They can't get the Latino vote either. You notice they're not pandering to that? They can't get that either. And why do you think that is? Because the grandchildren, the children and the grandchildren of those that fled Cuba, those that fled Nicaragua, those that fled Venezuela, those that fled Colombia, El Salvador, these places, Central and South American countries that saw the the socialist revolutions down there. They know what this is, but their children and their grandchildren at this point haven't become fully Americanized to being a dumbed down idiot. They still understand what their elders tell them. Case in point, go back and listen to it. those of you that are that are out there that, that want to listen to this. Go back and listen to it. It's, it's a long speech. I, w- I would love to play it here, but we just don't have the time because I want to get into this other thing. But go back and listen to the speech from a gentleman by the name of Maximo Alvarez. And he is an immigrant. He's an immigrant from his family was originally from uh, from Spain. And then they fled to Cuba. And then, of course, they fled Castro's Cuba when the communist revolution took hold there up to the United States with his uh, uh, with his father. And listen to that man's speech. He, He spoke at the RNC. So you can just look up on I believe it's on YouTube. You can look up Maximo Alvarez RNC speech and you can hear what that man has to say. I would advise you to please listen to. But see, they they haven't gotten that generation to the point yet of of accepting this uh, th- this totalitarian uh, socialist utopian nightmare, and that's that's exactly what this is. Collectivism, as I said the other day, is a failure. It's killed a hundred million people. You dumb fools that are out there buying up this stuff, hook, line, and sinker. They'll promise you anything that they need to promise you. They'll promise you the the, the world. They don't care. But once they get in power, they will drop that hammer. So help me to God, they will drop that hammer. You people have no idea what's coming. You you dumb millennial, two sock skinny jean wearing idiots that have nothing but your smartphone and, and your feelings. You have no idea what's coming. None. Do you have anything else on the election that's pressing that we want to discuss before we uh, jump to this other topic? Because this is going to take a while. I, I want to uh, maybe it might, it might take a few minutes. But yeah, go ahead. It doesn't add up. None of this adds up. Looking no, at the numbers and everything, it doesn't add up. And you so, don't freeze an election. You don't you don't stop it. You don't freeze an election in the middle of it. And when the votes are in, that's it. Election date, that's it. Sorry, that's what that's the way we do things. You shut it down after the polling station's closed. That's it. You tally up what you got and you move on. But see, they knew what was coming if they tallied up what they had left and they moved on. The other the other issue that I, I've seen with some of these states is uh, I believe Michigan was one of them. They didn't list the number of mail-in ballots that they had. They didn't give you a fight like a tally so that you knew. OK, so some of the states, I think Florida was one of them, for example. Oh, by the way, you all remember Florida 2000, right? How 
the hanging chads and how we had to go through that process over and over, went to the Supreme Court like four yeah. times. And yeah, okay. They got their polling information in. When the polls closed, a few hours later, boom, they were done counting. It was done. Like, how did they do it? And you have all the other states that were supposedly able to do it in 2000, 20 years ago. Now they can't get it in, right? Not only have it has not only is Florida more transparent than any of the other states on how many ballots they received by mail or by um, absentee ballots, you know, they gave all the tallies on those things before the votes were actually counted. So they counted the ballots, they counted how many they had. So there was a tally. So you can't add more ballots in when when election day comes, which why isn't that tally available to us in every single state? They should have had that. And then on top of that, they already had the ballots. I I believe Florida counted ballots early, like they started the counting process early so that when election day came, they were able to, you know, they they had them all there. So uh, I I don't know, man, this it's just the way things are going. Everything looks so fishy, so screwed up that I think they're intentionally trying to cause chaos and they're intentionally trying to get us to be, you know, the unrest, not trusting our electorate system, which we've talked about. That's one of the processes that they need for their revolution. They need us to distrust uh, the electorate process. That's part of the um, color revolution, I believe. Yes. Yes, it is. They they need to discredit our our institutions. Has to, they have to come down. Uh, here's something that's breaking, and this this just came across my desk. The county clerk office in let me see. Okay, so this is this is tomorrow. This is a press conference that's coming tomorrow on November sixth at three p.m. local time. The county clerk's office in Norwalk, California. They're demanding a recount in the state because of partially from what we saw earlier, how they were out there picking up ballots and everything like they had. How many bags did they have out there? They, they must have had six, seven bags out there and they were loading up more bags, the mail in yeah. drop offs. And the, yeah, the bin good. was half full. The bin was half yeah. full. You can see the guy taking arm loads of ballots out and they're like, well, yeah. wait a minute. They've already called the state. What are you guys doing? Yeah, it was like it, the duffel bags were like, I would say your average like gem bag, probably like yeah. for those that are out there that go bowling, it's probably like two bowling ball sized bags. You know, if you bowl. So that's about that's about the size, you know, your, your torso or something. And if you're a video gamer, it's the typical, you know, what you see in video games and movies where they're stuffing cash into a duffel bag. Yeah, it's about that size. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I think Grand Theft it Auto looked, for all you gamers out there. It, it legitimately looked like it was a movie scene or something because yeah. that's the duffel bag. It was something yeah, and, from a and movie. More to the fact they were masked. Yeah, they, they were all masked up and they had gloves on and everything. So it's like they were robbing a bank. You know, they had the, the sacks <laughs> slung over their like, shoulders. Yeah. yeah. So that's coming. You mentioned Michigan there, and I know I said we were going to move on. I, you mentioned Michigan there. The Michigan Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, calls the Trump ballot lawsuit frivolous. Jocelyn Benson told CBS the suit, which seeks to halt the counting of mail-in ballots in Michigan, was misinformation designed to sow the seeds of doubt among our voters about the integrity of our election process. Lady, you got a lot of gall. I got to give it to you. You got a lot of gall. You, you sick freaks you. I mean, the the corruption here, the level of corruption is beyond. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of beside myself here because, you know, I, I sit up here every day and we go over the stuff and, and we're now looking at this next big curveball that they've thrown everybody. And I think about the projects that we take on, right? I, I hear scum like this. Talk about uh, the uh, how did she say it? Sow the seeds of di- sowing the seeds of doubt among our voters about the integrity of our election process. Lady, your people have chained the door shut 
in downtown Detroit and blocked off the windows and they're just dumping ballots out there on the tables to count. And you have the audacity to say that someone challenging that is sowing the seeds of doubt about the integrity of our election process. You know, as a as a person of conviction, right, as a man of conviction, I, I believe in the law. I believe in injustice, real justice. I, I believe you have a right to a free and a fair trial. And these people are pushing that side of me. They are pushing that side of me. This doesn't end until these people go in handcuffs. That's it. That's it. You know, when I when I said that the politicians had a window of opportunity when it comes to the COVID stuff, all cards are on the table here. As you said, Bruce, the masks are off. Those of us that can see, we understand. And, you know, I, I look at how much we dig into this every day. And, you know, I think about all of the, um, you know, the time that we put into this, the research we put into this. And we have such great listeners. We thank you all very much for listening to, to listen to two guys sit here and, and go back and forth about about current event stuff. Uh, it's really humbling that we have the listeners around the world that we do. And I, I thank you all very much for that. But, you know, I, I think about the work that we do here and we do it on our own time of our own accord because we care. And and I wish when I when I'm out in public all the time and I, and I wish and I, I look around and I see all the people, I wish other people gave a damn. I wish they cared. I, I look around and and I think to myself, we're going through an unprecedented time right now. Things are happening at such a fast pace and and so many people are just buying into the hype and and I just I don't understand it. The world needs leaders and it needs leadership. We don't have any of that. I, I'm not seeing it. I mean, I'm pretty good at picking out leaders. I, I can see leaders. I can spot them. I've seen a couple of people that I could probably pick out as a, as a leader. But my point is, is that they don't ever recognize their own potential. And they don't recognize their own potential because we're not given the type of society that, that promotes that type of enthusiasm to recognize your potential and to step up and to do your part and, and to recognize what's going on. It's incumbent upon all of us to understand precisely what we're seeing. It's taken a long time, even for someone like me. I mean, I, I don't think I'm that smart. I, I really don't. But I've taken time and I've learned what these people are doing. I, I've looked at their plans. I, I've looked at history. And, and I feel like I've just scratched the surface and all that. I'm not an expert on anything by any means. But people, I think in general, need to be I feel like they need to be encouraged, and we're getting none of that. Everything that we see now, especially now at this accelerated pace, and this only gets faster until we finally stand up and say, damn it, that's enough. That's all it's going to take. It's really all it's going to take. It doesn't even have to be hostile. It can be 100% peaceful. But everything about this is designed to make you more depressed, more sad, more miserable, more unhappy, more alone, all of that. They need you isolated from everything. They need you so messed up in, in all of this discombobulated society that you can't figure out what's actually happening to you. And so, and so you fall into this, this pit of anxiety and despair and hopelessness. And that's what we're seeing, right? I mean, anxiety's off the charts. Suicides are off the charts. Depression's off the charts. Substance abuse off the charts. Divorce rates off the charts. Because everything's being rapidly changed around you and it's affecting you. So where are the leaders? Where, where are the ones that are going to step up and deal with this problem. I mean, I know that those days are coming. And, and and you people that are in elected office, as I said, that door is now closed. You've had your chance. You've made your choice. You've made your bed. And now you're going to lay in it. And I have I have no sympathy for you. I've lost that. That's That's gone now. You had your opportunity. You picked the wrong side. You are on the wrong side of history, I assure you. Huge lawsuits are coming against COVID totalitarians and con artists. Now, you have to fight them on their terms, right? Take them to their court systems that they own. Are you going to win there? I don't know. 
There is one thing that I do know for a fact, and the numbers show it, and the attitudes and the behavior show it, at least on a on a national scale. The global fight against COVID, the global front line of that fight is Germany. It is Berlin. That's where it's happening. People going out, hitting the streets. It's not being reported. The media finally just gave up on it. They said, we're not we're not even going to pay attention to this anymore. First, it started out with 17,000 people. Then it was 30,000. Then it was 100,000. Then it was 300,000. Then it was a million. And the media just shows up somewhere. They take a, a snapshot of a couple of side streets and say, yeah, there's about 15,000 crazies that showed up. I, I want to share this, this story that came out of uh, The New American. And, and I don't typically go down and, and read articles word for word, but this one's being buried. And I think that this is extremely important because uh, all of this this stuff that we're seeing with, with COVID and lockdowns and everything, all this is mixed in together. The U.S. election that they're trying to steal over there, all this is being done by the same group of people. And that's the same elites that have jumped in bed with corrupt elements in the Far East. That's what's happened here. And so everything that they've gotten on board with in totalitarianism in the Far East is now coming here. We talked about it. Talked about it 18 months ago when we started. Social credit. It's here. So if you can't beat them by protesting, if you can't beat them at the ballot box, clearly they're taking that away from you. U.S. is a, is a fine example of that. You Europeans, if you haven't woken up yet, you better because they're going to take your vote, too. We're all in this together. Not this COVID bull. No, I almost want I, I want to say it. Not this COVID BS. We are all in this together because we have a common problem. So I don't care where you come from. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what country you're from. We have a problem. And what they fear is people coming together to solve this problem. That's what they fear the most. They are terrified of we the people. They're terrified. They shake in their boots every day about what they're good. doing. Yeah, good. Good. I hope they do. I hope you sick scumbag politicians sleep with one eye open. I hope you do. The politician is going to have to sleep with the one eye open. Just to uh -huh. be clear on that, we're not we're not saying there's going to be violence no. from us. Like we're not going to go. But the thing is, is the way things are going, you're going to have groups that will try to hunt politicians down. Yes. Look at, for example, like Antifa. They're already looking to assassinate certain reporters. Uh, that we we know of a few that the FBI has actually told them be careful when you're out in these locations because Antifa and BLM are looking to kill you. Yes. And, and more to the point, it, I agree with you on that. The, the extremist groups, for sure. For sure. The extremist groups. Absolutely. That's kind of what I was referring to was was that. Yeah, I was but, just trying to cover. But uh, uh, no, I understand. Yeah, I understand. But uh, maybe I should have been a little bit more articulate with my point. But you know how I get when I'm on my roll. But it's not it's not just that. Yes, it is the extremists. The extremists by you idiot bumbling fools in office doing what you're doing. Do you have any idea what you're doing for these extremist groups? Do you have any idea the amount of popularity you're giving them that the alternative parties, the extremist fringes of of left and right? Do, do you know that they're going to now come along and say, well, we're not going to lock you down. We're, we're not going to make you do all this stuff. They're going to gain popularity because people want it to stop. Don't you idiots get it? That's my point. That right there is my point. But there's also something else to add to that. What about the people's businesses that you take and you destroy? Their wealth that you take and you destroy? People lose their homes. And you ask, well, well, what is what is all of this? Stuff? Well, they're, they're going to offer me a loan. It's about forcing you to take the debt that you can never repay. And then when you can't repay it, they then come along and say, well, we will forgive all of your debt. You'll have so much hanging over your head. We'll forgive all of your debt. 
but we need you to sign over your property. See, it's a zero asset future going forward. That's what the Great Reset is all about. That's what Agenda 2030 is all about. No property, none. A nation of renters. So as I was saying before I <laughs> get too far out of yeah context there, totalitarians and con artists who hyped and exploited the coronavirus pandemic to steal freedom and destroy livelihoods are in the crosshairs, facing the wrath of a team of high-profile international lawyers and doctors determined to seek justice. According to the attorneys that are involved, the coming tsunami of legal action against the COVID-19 tyrants within and outside government represents the biggest set of tort lawsuits in human history. Did you hear what I just said? The scientists and medical experts in the coalition contend that governments responsible to the pandemic, excuse me, that government's response to the pandemic was beyond unjustified. It still is. Rather, justice can be secured in the courts across the United States and even in other nations, though, remains to be seen, which is true. You judges that are out there, you lawyers that are out there, you better wake the hell up. The effort to use the judicial system against the weaponized, or weaponization of the pandemic features a growing global coalition of doctors and scientists. Yes, all the ones that come out and call this for the, the sham that it is. All of whom are speaking out against what they view as a dangerous disinformation campaign to justify tyranny. The alliance known as the Corona Extra Parliamentary Inquiry Committee, or ACU in German, which is this that's what this is, was formally created by four attorneys on July the 10th. A lot of paperwork to put together between July and now. It now includes well over 500 doctors and experts in multiple disciplines. They concluded that the draconian government measures against freedom are all out of proportion to the dangers posed by the virus that came from communist China. Dr. Reinhard Vollmisch, one of the founders of the ACU, has been practicing law as a consumer protection trial lawyer in both Germany and California for over a quarter century. In an hour-long video announcement, he promised that an international class action lawsuit was being prepared specifically targeting those responsible for imposing deadly lockdown policies on much of humanity. Just a handful of jurisdictions in the Western world, including Sweden and a number of American states such as South Dakota, refused to go along with these policies, and they're all doing just fine. And in some cases, they're doing significantly better. Fulmish also argued that fraudulent testing was being used to create panic aimed at justifying the tyranny. Indeed, COVID has not caused any excess mortality anywhere in the world, he stated, noting that studies on the issue showed the mortality rate of the virus to be similar than that of the seasonal flu. Most of the deaths that were attributed to coronavirus in places such as Italy and New York were actually the result of deliberate government decisions to place sick patients with flu, colds and COVID into nursing homes. Enter your favorite governor, Bruce. The overwhelming majority of victims were already well over average life expectancy. By contrast, the government-ordered lockdowns have caused the loss of innumerable human lives and have destroyed the economic existence of countless companies and individuals worldwide. From surging suicide to drug abuse levels to an unprecedented mental health crisis, the concrete effects of the lockdown are becoming more and more apparent. Meanwhile, the only way COVID-19 could be classified as a pandemic, listen to what I'm about to say, was by having the UN World Health Organization change the definition 12 years ago to exclude the requirement for widespread death. H1N1. It's when they changed it. 2008. Huh. What happened in 2008? Swine flu. Well, not just swine flu. I was also looking at uh, what policies started changing in 2008. Obama. Civil Society 2.0. We've seen policies start changing after 2008. It's almost like it was uh, planned. He continues on here. 
He says, among his most serious concerns is that because the deliberate panic mongering by the COVID hysteria peddlers, mainly the mainstream media, self-government and democratic rule is in great danger of being replaced by fascist totalitarian models. Is this not what we've been saying? I can smell totalitarianism coming a mile away. I, I'm not an expert. I just know history. I know how these people operate. Go, go read the following books if you want. Go read The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich by William Alshire. Fantastic book. It's how the Nazis came to power. You can also read The Evolution of Civilizations by Carol Quigley. You can read Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley. These are all fantastic books on, on history and how uh, civilizations operate. You're not technically an expert, but I mean, you're you're living where the, the most recent version of fascism yeah. started. So, I mean, yes. And and to be honest with you, lear, learning, lear, and, and I've been to, you know, museums and, and things like that and, and learning everything that I have. I, and I, I mean, history is very addictive once you start getting into it and you start seeing how how these things take hold. It's fascinating. But to see it, to live it, this is a very exciting time for somebody that understands history. But it's also very, very terrifying because I see what's happening. You understand history. I understand what's happening. I see it. And, And to see people that come from the place that this happened in the last time that don't see it. It's frustrating. It's frustrating beyond all comprehension. Now, there are a lot of people that do see it. There are a lot of people here that do see it. That's why I said here is the global fight for it, because people around my age, around Bruce's age, grew up under totalitarianism, the old East Bloc. The wall was still up. They grew up under that. They know what it is. They know what it looks like. So on top of that, children around the world have been traumatized in mass with the worst psychological consequences yet to be expected in the medium and long term. Meanwhile, the economic devastation, including an estimated 500,000 to 800,000 bankruptcies of small and medium businesses in Germany alone, will destroy the backbone of the economy as well as government finances. Does this guy sound like he's a kook to you? Does he sound like he's a conspiracy theorist? Well, I mean, Technically, yes, because we would be considered conspiracy theorists. And this is exactly what we've been talking about. So, uh-huh. I mean, it, yeah, the average person would consider us. Conspiracy and like I said, theorists. I tripped and over this do. article. Yeah, I tripped over this article. I wasn't looking for this. I, I tripped over this and it's been buried. It's been buried. That's why I want to cover it. The German attorney behind the effort has a long history of, ta- of taking on very powerful interest in winning. For instance, some of his more recent targets include Deutsche Bank, formerly one of the world's largest and most respected banks. Today, one of the most toxic criminal organizations in the world, which what have I been saying? Deutsche Bank has one around $100 trillion in exposure on its books. It's a toxic sludge pit. It's disgusting. That thing goes, my God. I mean, I was standing at the Deutsche Bank building in in Frankfurt one time, and I looked straight up at it, and I'm like, it's amazing how they can have two tall buildings like this, and they're bust. It's amazing. Uh, Separately, he pointed to Volkswagen, the German car giant, which was exposed committing the fraud around vehicle emissions. You remember that, I'm sure, a couple of years ago. Fulmish is also taking on some of the world's largest shipping interests, accusing him of multi-million dollar bribery cases. But the looming coronavirus cases may be his most important work yet. Above all, the mentioned cases of corruption and fraud committed by the German corporations pale in comparison in view of the extent of the damage that the corona crisis has caused and continues to cause. Now, he explained all this in a YouTube video. He put out an hour-long YouTube video laying out everything I'm laying out here. And what do you think happened to his YouTube channel right after this? Down it came. Out it went. Uh, So he explained this in his video, which was removed from YouTube after being seen by many hundreds of thousands of viewers amid an accelerating censorship program targeted by any dissent regarding COVID and other key issues, which what has YouTube said? They will remove any content 
any content that does not meet World Health Organization guidelines. And this clearly does not. Which standard are you going by with the World Health Organization? Because in the beginning, they were saying, oh, masks don't work. I mean, so which one are we supposed to go by? It changes weekly, if not daily. I have no idea. It is a split thing. I mean, it's just like in other agencies. We see it, too. There's a split. He goes on to say the Corona crisis, according to all we know today, must be renamed a Corona scandal. And those responsible for it must be criminally prosecuted and sued for civil damages. I couldn't agree more, sir. I'm happy to help you bring him to justice in any way I can. German judges are already becoming more skeptical of the tyranny and the suspension of constitutional liberties. They damn well better. Government cronies who helped feed the, pan the panic to enrich themselves will be targeted too. In particular, manufacturers of the infamous polymerase chain reaction, the PCR tests, are in the crosshairs. This is why I had you pull that. According to the inventor of the test, Kerry Mullis, who won a Nobel Prize in chemistry for the invention, using the PCR test, this is a quote, you can find almost anything in anybody using it. Mullis also made clear that PCRs should never be used as a diagnostic tool to determine whether somebody has a viral infection. Unfortunately, Mullis died just a few months before the COVID-19 pandemic spread across the world. However, the CDC and the German authorities have known all of this for years. Under the rules of civil tort law, all those who have been harmed by these PCR tests induced lockdowns are now entitled to receive full compensation for their losses. Calling out major pharmaceutical companies, often blasted as big pharma by the critics. In particular, there is a duty to compensate, a duty to pay damages for the loss of profits suffered by companies and self-employed persons as a result of lockdowns and other measures. Aside from legal actions being pursued in the court, Fulmish and other members of the ACU warned that political efforts were needed to ensure that similar abuses and frauds against humanity could not be perpetuated again. You know, the German constitution, I've, I've read it... I've read it very carefully and I've read it several times and I know that we have German listeners and I thank you all very much. But you have your most sacred, your, your most sacred right in there. And it's because of what happened under the Nazis. And that is the right to human dignity. You have the right to dignity. And I also know that your your home is invaluable. They can't come into your home. They, they can't storm their way into your house without a warrant, without probable cause. And you've got politicians, your health ministers coming out saying that that they're going to come into your house on on your Christmas dinner with your families. They make you wear a mask when you go into stores, you ride a train, you, you ride a bus. That's not dignity. That, that That's not dignity. That's taking your dignity away. I, I understand this. And if you're listening and you're, you're a German listener, you understand this, too. In fact, according to Fulmish and other experts, the seriousness of these crimes classifies them as crimes against humanity as defined in Section 7 of the International Criminal Code that has been approved by governments around the world. Despite their ostensible diplomatic immunity, Fulmish and others fully intend to go after the United Nations and other officials at the World Health Organization, which is in the pockets of Beijing and was crucial in formulating the totalitarian global response. What have we said? The beta test was in China. It is coming here now. The Western elites, the Western corporations built this authoritarian, totalitarian, technocratic system in China, and they're bringing it here. The COVID-19 scandal is not the first time the World Health Organization has done something like this. During the 2009 swine flu outbreak, the Council of Europe's Parliamentary Assembly investigated the World Health Organization for a false pandemic because they were found to enrich big pharma and their 
and their cronies. The supranational entity concluded that the mishandling of the issue by the United Nations, the European Union, and the governments led to a waste of large sums of public money. Boy, the government wasting money? I never would have guessed. And unjustified scares and fears about the health risks faced by the European public. I remember that. The investigation concluded that there was overwhelming evidence that the United Nations, influenced by the pharmaceutical industry, overhyped the swine flu. I remember that. You remember that, Bruce? Lines around the block to get the uh, the garbage vaccine that they had to later destroy because they found out that it was actually maiming people. I actually don't remember that because the swine flu didn't really exist here. Like I, I remember yeah, it was, I was a there. thing, but I was in it the was, US at the it time. was yeah. I remember the swine flu was a thing, but around here. I don't remember any hyper hysteria about it. I, I, it was it was kind of like, oh, it was mainstream media. It, it was the news. It, not everybody had a smartphone, so they couldn't hype the hell out of it like like they're doing now with this one. But um, yeah, anyway, the vaccines, which I said that they developed for the H1N1, the swine flu, had to be destroyed at the public expense uh, because it had been found that it was uh, injuring and maiming. Uh, huge numbers of people, including children. He's aware of the uh, Fulmesh is aware of the par- of the parallels, and only the COVID fraud is on, uh, only the COVID frauds on a much larger scale. And it is, it is. This is a this is going to be a long fight. Like I said, this we're in this one for the long haul. The thing is, is that he's making comparisons to COVID nineteen to what we were seeing back in two thousand and eight, two thousand nine with the swine flu. Uh, he says, indeed, similar but more outrageous mechaniza- machinations appear to be going on with COVID. Implementation of the current draconian measures that is so extremely restrictful of fundamental rights can only be justified if there is a reason to fear that a truly exceptionally dangerous virus is threatening us. Now, that was argued by a coalition doctor in the ACU, Dr. Oh, man, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that one. That's it's not a German name. I, I, I could probably do OK with it, but not not that one. Um, uh, Sucharit Bhakti. Uh, that's the best I'm going to be able to do with it. A microbiologist who has argued from the start that the authoritarian government response to COVID-19 was outrageous. Does any scientifically sound data exist to support the contention for COVID-19? I assert that the answer is simply no. Hundreds of other expert docs- experts and doctors have also spoken out only to be censored by big tech companies. YouTube, for instance, which is owned by the same company as Google, Alphabet, has been censoring all the content produced by doctors and experts in line with its policy, announced publicly by uh, CNN, or excuse me, announced publicly on CNN by CEO Susan uh, Woz, whatever her name is, uh, and yeah, you can go and look it up, uh, that no information contradicting the UN World Health Organization would be allowed on the platform, again, in the pockets of Beijing. And the World Health Organization, they've stepped back They've stepped back just on a side note. They've stepped back and they've allowed the Chinese Communist Party to take over the investigation uh, into the origins uh, of COVID-19. So, I mean, we, we should get a We should get a, a full disclosure of um, of everything that they know at some point. So you mean you mean it's kind of like Governor Cuomo investigating Governor Cuomo? Yes. OK, gotcha. Yes. It, it's like putting a Bruce. It's like putting the fox in charge of the hand house. I mean, it, it's fine. It's fine. Nothing to worry about. YouTube already removed the video by Dr. Fulmish. Twitter and Facebook have also been frantically censoring all voices, including the president of the United States. Right. We've been taking his stuff down. They're calling for Trump to be shut down now until there is an election uh, result uh, who question or oppose the false narrative. Dr. Heiko Schuning who was the doctor that was arrested in Trafalgar Square, if you remember that, the German doctor that was arrested there for the uh, the protest. Yeah, him. Uh, a medical doctor who was actively involved in the effort to bring the alleged COVID criminals to justice. They're in the Bundestag. I mean, that, that's where they are. They're the ones that are putting this down. You can start with Merkel, just throwing that out there. 
You start with that that chicken neck health minister you got. You know something? You couldn't make this up. She came out the other day and she says that she's warning the public of COVID disinformation. Lady, you are the COVID disinformation. <laughs> it's unbelievable how stupid these people think we are. Uh, yeah. He, so this guy was arrested in London for speaking out uh, at a spot specifically known for being a place of controversial speech. Trafalgar Square. It's a place where you go to air your grievances, if you will. It's kind of like Union Square in, in New York. Uh, and in Germany, a prominent medical lawyer, uh, Beta Benar was investigated and then placed, listen to this, in a psychiatric ward for vocafariously speaking out against the government's totalitarian lockdown policies. Authorities incarcerated her in what she described as a Guantanamo-style high-security ward of psychiatry, even leaving her in a room for a full night without a toilet. Real tolerant people. Real tolerant people we're dealing with. Meanwhile, and this is why I wanted to talk about this, meanwhile, the media, which they've been busy hyping the hell out of this, of course, there hasn't been any talk of COVID stuff in the last 24, 48 hours, 72 hours in the U.S., right? No talk of COVID, no talk of spreading events. Yeah, you notice that? Because everybody has to vote. Well, no, CDC came out and said, even if you're sick with COVID in quarantine, oh, that's right. you should go out yeah. and vote. Yeah, you should go vote. Yeah, that's right. But the thing is, is that the media has largely ex- ignored what I'm sitting here telling you now. I haven't heard this anywhere in the media. I haven't heard that there's a big lawsuit that's being worked up by an army of, of lawyers and sci- or la- lawyers, doctors and scientists. I haven't heard this. This is the first I've heard of it. This is probably the first you're hearing of it. Interestingly, most of the press demands that Big Pharma's massive advertising dollars for its continued existence, which is true. It's where they get their money. Something con- uh, countless analysts have referred to as a conflict of interest. Gee, you think you think you think a big pharma company Who's who's hyping the hell out of pandemic news on TV? Do, do you think that they have a, a conflict of interest there? Just maybe a little bit of one, just a little bit, possibly. Or maybe the news media agencies that are getting commercial money, you know, advertising money, yeah, advertising dollars from those yeah. same. So it's like it's almost like the hysteria the the media is ginning up is playing into the pocket of the big pharma, and big pharma is paying off the media. It kind of sounds like it's a little bit of a shady deal going on, don't you think? Mm -hmm. And also, you could also look at this. Look at the Washington Post. Okay, perfect example here. You look at the Washington Post, a paper owned by Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, who was a a Bilderberg and World Economic Forum attendee, I might add. That paper's been all for all this stuff, hasn't it? And and by the way, who takes out a large number of ads and full page ads in in the Washington Post? Do, Do you remember? It was the Chinese Communist Party, wasn't it? They were... The, the Washington Post is one of three large papers, the, the, the top three papers in the United States. The Washington Post was one of them. New York Times was the other one. And the third one, I think, was um, was it USA Today? Wall Street Journal. Been, Sorry, Wall Street, Wall Street Journal. Journal. Wall Street Journal. More than a few critics, legal experts have called on the Americans and U.S. authorities to file lawsuits against the communist Chinese dictatorship, which is almost universally viewed as responsible for unleashing the pandemic on humanity. Do you think? You think? Of course, you'd never know that if you were to look at what's going on in China right now. Places open for business. Man, they're they're hustling and bustling. No masks, no social distancing, none of that stuff. See, see, the 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 communists, they know how to deal with this stuff. Right. See, you you dumb Westerners with your your out outdated democracies, you don't know what you're doing, right? Sources within the United Nations have suggested that such a lawsuit would be not just appropriate, but crucial in holding the mass murdering regime accountable while securing compensation for millions of victims worldwide. See, this is the big thing here. When they make that comment right there, when they say about mass murdering regime, China's killed 100 million of its own people since the time of Mao under all this stuff. The the Western elites went over and the corporations went over and jumped in bed with these these mass murderers. That's what the crime is here. That's what all this is about. They're using dirty tricks and blackmail on each other. 
It'd be like, I almost want, it'd be like the Americans and FDR brokering a deal with, uh, with Hitler and, and doing business with the Nazis at the time. It's the same thing here. It's really that. In a statement announced by the move, the law firm also said that it looks to f- uh, looks forward to fighting for the rights of people and businesses across Florida and the rest. What is this? Yeah, okay. So uh, they they go on here to talk about uh, the U.S. side of things, and I guess there's some Americans uh, that have joined in the uh, class action lawsuit as well, uh, which is being headed up and and uh, directed towards Beijing. Uh, the Miami-based Berman Law Group for employees to seek billions of dollars in compensatory damages. For those who have suffered personal injuries, wrongful deaths, property damage, and other damages due to China's failure to contain COVID-19, despite their ability to have stopped the spread of the virus in the early stages, in a state, well, no human-to-human transmission, isn't that what we were told? But yeah, yeah, I think, yes, thought. Very early days they said that. Uh, In a statement announced by the move, the law firm said it looks forward to fighting for the rights of people and business across Florida and the rest of the country who are now becoming sick or caring for loved ones, uh, dealing with financial calamity and navigating this new world of panic and social distancing and isolation. It remains to be seen whether U.S. courts might be able to hold the regime financially accountable for the devastation. I wouldn't hold your breath. That's going to have to be... That's going to have to be nations. We're, we're going to have to throw off this damn corruption first. OK, that's the first thing that's got to go. These people that are imposing this BS on us have to go in handcuffs. They've got to go in bracelets. They, they've got to be locked up. Then, then we can have the Nuremberg style trials and put these people to justice. I don't think it'll happen personally. Uh, what will end up happening to. is they'll take it. It's court. got to. Yeah, I, I understand. But they'll take it to court and try to do all this. And you're going to have a judge say, well, we can't. We can't stifle science and we can't restrict science and whatnot. We, we, we have to allow science to function and work and blah, blah, blah. Something uh-huh. along those lines. Now, see, that's and what it'll be. You know, that. when you finally go and you, you get criminal prosecutions against these people and you actually hold them accountable, it'll be that. It'll be, oh, well, we were doing this for you. We were do- You go straight to the pit of hell where you came from with that BS excuse. You knock that over on somebody that just woke up yesterday morning. As the COVID hysteria continues, despite the increasing amount of evidence that tyranny has been ineffective at containing uh, at containing it and harmful in myriad ways, medical sources have indicated that a COVID-20 or COVID-21 was a real possibility and potentially much more deadly than the current iteration. The same sources, along with countless other doctors around the world, have publicly and frequently suggested that hydroxychloroquine combined with zinc supplements and vitamin C and vitamin D may be helpful in dealing with it. How crazy, how tinfoil hat wearing people. Yeah, that's conspiracy. Yeah, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories out the wazoo. Vitamins and minerals. What's yeah. wrong with you people? Well, you, we, we heard the studies in Brazil, right? People were right. dying from heart attacks because of the hydroxychloroquine. So, I mean, clearly yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. But see, here's here's the thing. Dealing with tyrants, I think, is is more crucial and more critical than dealing with viruses. Tyrants are viruses. We're sitting here. We're worried about some some invisible thing we can't see. Well, guess what? These people that are imposing this way of life on us, they are the virus. They are a human manifestation of a virus on humanity. That's what they are. So holding these these totalitarians and these liars accountable for lawlessness and damages that they've done, that's critical. That's critical. That has to be done. That has to be done. These people have to be brought to justice. I'm all for this lawsuit. If you can get a court to hear you, there is a cure to this virus, though, and it's democracy and it's freedom. There's your cure. You want a cure to this virus. It's that. But these people have to be brought to justice. And only we, the people, can do that. We are way over on time today, and I do apologize for that, but I, I really wanted to go over that today. That That is a story that's been buried. 
uh, and has been shut up and is not being talked about. And the people that are out there perpetuating that and putting that together are, are being censored and shunned uh, and shut down and, and called uh, insane people and, and crazy conspiracy theories. Do you know in the Soviet Union... If you were somebody that stood up, read it in the Gulag Archipelago. That's another great book. There's a three, three, three volume series by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, Nobel Prize winner. The Horrors of the Soviet Union. Terrible. If you were somebody in the Soviet Union that stood up to the secret police or to a party member or something like that, and you, you criticized the people's paradise, they would stomp your guts out and they would drag you off to a gulag. They called you crazy. They thought there was something wrong with you. If you complained about how, what do you mean paradise? There, there, there's one salami hanging in the store. We, we can't get pants. We can't get shoes. See, there was something wrong with you if you complained about those things. You were the one that was mentally ill. And it's the same thing with this. If you step up and, and you step out of line with this, if you're the one that's, that's uh, making trouble, you're the one that's pushing back on this, you're standing up, you're developing leadership, you're taking a, a role to, to try and bring logic to this, then you're the crazy person. Again, tyranny, lies, censorship, fear mongering, that's not a good solution to anything. In reality, with viral infections, freedom's the cure. So uh, for those of you who would like to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. We would love to get some feedback from you. Uh, hell, if you'd even like to be a guest on our show sometime, I'll even extend that invitation. I'm sure we would love to have you as part of our conversations. Would love it. It uh, doesn't matter uh, if you're a radio person or not. Um, we're not. You know, we're just two guys that just sit here and uh, air our grievances and share our thoughts. Uh, and again, like I said, we appreciate that very much that you do listen to us every day. Uh, and we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family and known associates. Uh, we're available everywhere you get your podcasts. But like I said, if you would like to reach out to us, you can do so by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And if you're rating podcasts, if you can drop over to Apple Podcasts, which is one of our biggest platforms, if you drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that very much. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. And by the way, we're not here this weekend. We are taking weekends off. So everybody have a great weekend and we will see you on Monday. 